All right. Bless you, and I, our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and has commanded us to engross ourselves in the words of Torah. Please, Adonai, our God, sweeten the words of your Torah in our mouth and in the mouth of your people, the family of Israel. May we and our offspring and the offspring of your people, the house of Israel, all of us, know your name and study your Torah for its own sake. Blessed you, Adonai, who teaches Torah to his people Israel. Blessed you, Adonai, our God, King of the universe, who selected us from all the peoples and gave us his Torah. Blessed are you, Adonai, giver of the Torah. Amen. So, a couple things. First, uh, welcome back. Oh, you're back. He is back. Um, and Mazel Tov, Jonathan, for graduating. Graduating, getting a scholarship, getting an internship, getting a job. I mean, did you get married while you were gone too? I mean, gee whiz. I mean, there's no ring. Soup to nuts. That'd be it. Wait, you were on the Disney cruise. You can't get married. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, a couple of couple of uh, couple of things to get us uh, started here before we get into uh, um, parachute. Parachute. Brock is sick, so pray for him. Isaac uh, is the only manager working second last day of the year, so uh, lift him up as you have opportunity. Um, so not to get not to get really heavy, but just to, to give you guys a heads up and make sure that we're all on the same sheet of music. Um, we saw Grace, Grace Wright, uh, back uh, at the uh, community this past Shabbat uh, with her dad and with Chase. 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 Chase and Grace. Chase and Grace. And uh, I did have opportunity to, to speak uh, at length with, with Sean. And uh, he is excited about the opportunity for Chase to be with Grace. And uh, she's living up in Mooresville. He's living up in Mooresville. And uh, hopefully he's either watching now uh, or will be... Uh, attending here that's uh, that's his desire so he is a believer uh, and uh, not only Sean told me that but but uh, Chase told me that as well and uh, he is interested in the Torah and uh, God bless him this young man asked if he could borrow a sitter because he wants to study it become more familiar with it so cool. what was my answer yes have it here take hey, it yeah. it's yours it's say yours. no you can't borrow but you can have it exactly right yeah. Um, Which is why you only have three left. After it's three <laughs> left. I bought thirty-five or forty. Yeah, you know, and that's that's uh, including the ones that uh, that Greg has donated. So, at any rate, um, in your prayers, in your morning prayers, if you would lift up Chase and Grace, um, that Chase would uh, quickly embrace. Uh, I'm going to do the best I can with much haste. <laughs> quickly embrace our, uh, our holocaust um, <laughs> there's no time to waste right so that he would just seek well, the face <laughs> that would that would be great and uh, and I know that Sean would uh, Sean would appreciate that <laughs> so there it is I missed you guys yeah <laughs> so I know all laughter was gone in your absence. <laughs> on, a, on a slightly um, more serious note, um, 
many of you know this, I know you probably don't because you just uh, got back from the oldest synagogue in the country, um, which is actually true, you'd ask him about that. Um, so this past week, well, two weeks ago, my son got married. Seen some of the pictures, and uh, some of you look really, really good in the pictures. Some of you. And this guy. And you know what? Laura looks really, really good in all the pictures. Shocker there. Um, but about about a week ago, um, Mary um, kind of came clean and said that she has been seeing a young man. Uh, some of you have heard me uh, share about Andrew back in March, April, and uh, he is Jewish um, and does not, as far as I can tell, I've met him twice, um, does not practice his faith at all. Um, but she has decided that uh, not only does she want to um, come clean on seeing him periodically, but she uh, had, would like to date him. Um, Alan and I are totally against this, but uh, instead of throwing her out, um, I want to try and be an influence to her, and more importantly, to him. And, uh, you know, my, my hope and prayer is over the next uh, who knows how long, um, Andrew would not only start to practice Judaism, recognize the one true God, embrace monotheism, but also would desire to, to rub shoulders and spend time with you guys. Um, I don't even have to waste any breath on asking you guys to be accommodating, loving, embracing, and so forth. I mean, you're professionals. You've shown that time and time again. So um, that's not my prayer, and that's not my request. My request would be that, uh, that you pray for Mary, that she recognize um, that she is um, that she recognized that she's living in a bit of a dream world and it's not really possible to carve out just a little piece of obedience or um, respect or Torah living or whatever it may be that you don't like and keep all the rest. There are ramifications to these decisions. Um, she has told me time and again that she understands that, she recognizes that, and she's willing to go through that because she feels that God has chosen Andrew as her mate and she wants to marry him. There's not a lot I can say uh, to that. So uh, I want to be on the up and up and on the, on the street with you guys. So that's where we are. And uh, it is, I would say, conservatively wreaking havoc in our family. But, you know, we're going to get through it. Um, as only this man knows, um, you do the best you can. Really, the rest of God is between God and the individual because the child, the individual, still has free will, still does their own choices, and uh, you know you just pray and seek the best. So that's what we're doing. And um, Andrew's a cute little fellow. 
seems to be a nice guy. He must be a nice guy if my, if my daughter loves him or claims to love him. Um, but, uh, you know, if you'll remember, Mary is just now, in a couple of days, going to be turning 19. 20. 19. I thought 22. It's 19. She turns 19. And she's turning 20. She is 19. You sure? She thought she was turning 21. She's actually. Oh, is that what it was? Okay, I knew I was off by a year. Okay, so she's turning 20. She's turning 20 in a couple of days, and Andrew is turning 38. There you go. So, there it is. Yeah, I know. That's right. I, I beg your pardon. They were both of you. I forgot. I mean, well, you're wearing that. that it just Demon masks you. Sure. Masks you. <laughs> he looks a lot. He younger. looks a lot younger than us. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So that's that's the deal there. So um, yeah, I'd love to love to have your prayers. But as you have opportunity, God bless you. Okay. I don't think there's anything else that I am forgetting to mention. Anything? Fast day. Thursday fast day. Sun up to sundown. And uh, I do have a praise report. Alan has determined that uh, we're not able to do the 10-day fast beginning on January 1st. Hallelujah! <laughs> Good luck. 10-day fast? It wasn't a fast, it was a cleanse. Uh, You're going to miss the opportunity for that little prayer. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I feel myself missing. (laughs) Okay, so to tee it up here with our book, um, I suspect that uh, there are three groups of guys, some of which are not here right now, but I I suspect there's, there's three groups of guys. So let me see if I can nail this. You don't have to say which group you're in, okay? Because I suspect, you know, some of you outwardly want to be in one group but you're actually in another group so the one first group I I would say is the group that is like oh finally here's how I can separate myself from the world and how I can really draw closer to Hashem and this is the greatest thing since sliced bread and why didn't I read this book 20 years ago oh my goodness oh my this is fabulous that's good then there's the second group of you I suspect that is um looking at your own walk and saying, gosh, I really enjoyed being on that cruise ship. And these three chapters are all about passing that up and avoiding the pleasures of the world and deliberately withdrawing myself that I might not be drawn potentially into sin and some of the other things that we talked about in this uh, chapter on Parachute. Um, and I think you may be waffling between that's a commitment wow that's scary wow that's I don't know if can I do that I I really want to do that in my heart but I'm not sure I can do that but I want to do that you know kind of thing and then there's I think the third group of of men and uh, I'm sure there's some in the class Um, I suspect there's some on the uh, on the remote that are like you know this is nuts And this, quite frankly, is why most conservative Jews think that the Hasid are nuts and give a bad name to Judaism because they're forsaking some of the pleasures that God obviously provided for us. And they're just ready to toss the book in the toilet. But for the sake of unity, they'll continue to read. And that's okay. It doesn't matter which of the three you're in. Can I add a fourth group to that? Is there a fourth group? 
the fourth group, which would be reading this going, he's totally like making me feel poopy, puny, and pathetic, and yet at the same time, I absolutely disagree with his point. Yeah. So I disagree. I, I kind of find myself. Um, I don't. I don't know. I just read through it, and it's like I, I don't see it biblically I, at all. I think that's the third group. No, but it's third group plus the guilt level, which you didn't. You kind but of the guilt level there. is a personal. <laughs> yeah. The guilt level is an affliction of the soul. That's right. So, um, with that in mind, uh, I only I only bring that up so that everybody recognizes that at least I recognize that we're not all on the same sheet of music. We're not all doing the same thing, and uh, and I think that's okay. We're all at different places in the walk, and we're all going to move at the speed at which we move. So, um, by way of review, the first 12 chapters were designed to, surprisingly, as at the beginning of the chapter I was shocked. Um, in fact, I'm on, uh, let's see if I can find a page number, 257 in the book. He says, you should realize that everything we explained in this work until now, which is the first 256 pages is what a person needs to become a tzaddik, a righteous person. And I gotta admit, that seems to be just a little bit above what I thought a tzaddik was. Because tzaddik translates as a righteous man. And in my book, a righteous man is one who keeps the commandments and works to keep the commandments outwardly. When I read Zechariah and Elizabeth were blameless according to the law, I think Tzadikim. Maybe I'm wrong in that, but that's where my head has been for the past five, six, seven years. Um, evidently, this does not square up with not only Ramkal, but presumably also with our master, who dinged the Pharisees not because they were righteous, not because they weren't righteous, but because there was an inconsistency between the outward workings of the Torah and the inward workings of their hearts. And of course, that's what he went through in chapter 12. 10, 11, and 12 was all about the fact that doing is not it. Just about anybody can choose to do the Torah. That's not it. To be a righteous man, you want to do the Torah, and then you want to have that time of reflection where you can see why did I do that good thing? And was the motive pure? And what is it I did that was wrong? And what can I do? What tactic or, or uh, practice can I put into place that will avoid me doing that wrong thing again? That, according to the Master, brings both the outward work and the inward intention together. And that's the study. So I was ready to put the book down at that point, and then we get to chapter 13, where we move from being not just a tzaddik, but the rest of the book is to bring us to being the Hasid, or the pious man. The pious man. So, um, I do want to clarify something from what you mentioned earlier. Yes, sir. Um, I do not put myself in the camp that sees people who are practicing this as being crazy. Um, I, I never said you were. Well, are yeah, you feeling third, guilty? That was the third camp. That does that you seem like a necessary... No, it's not. I just simply disagree with it. You I, don't think that it's, I don't think that it's necessarily like a biblical approach towards holiness, but if people want to do that, you know, good well, for them. 
how can you disagree with something and not think the person who agrees with it is wrong? I think that they may be wrong, but that doesn't mean that they think that they're crazy. I disagree with them. I mean, in the same way that's like, um, I mean, I could think that somebody who's, oh my goodness, there's so many different things we disagree on from a halakhic perspective, but I don't think that anyone in this room is crazy. Huh. That's interesting, though. I don't know, I'm just trying to wrap my head around that. Like, because if you think, if you disagree with some something someone else agrees with, either you're crazy or they're crazy. No, I think because, it needs to be right or wrong. I know, but you only uh, agree with something based on logic, right? Or is this all emotionalism? No, I, well, so your logic on. led you to disagree with it, but theirs didn't. So theirs. Okay, you're, fine. You're crazy, but yeah, either way, people who agree with it must be crazy. But I want to say that, like, I don't. I want to say that I don't like look down on people who do it. Like, I have a problem with them because I think the way you describe the third camp is that the conservative Jew sees Hasidim. That wasn't like, a third. Phew. That wasn't a third camp. Okay. That was. An aside. Okay. I, I, I think the third you... camp is the is the guys in our group, and perhaps the men that are watching, that think that this is just way over the top, unnecessary, and uh, delightful for some, but completely unnecessary in order to practice our faith successfully, or to uh, negotiate the the way of the cross, if you will. Um, Blamelessly. Well, I think Ramachal is pretty clear. It actually says it is unnecessary yeah. to be a Zadik. In fact, he even goes so far as to say it's not for everybody. Yeah. Exactly right. Well, I think he, I, if I got the sense from him, he desired that everyone would be a Zadik if they could. Sure. And that the, the way of the pious was clearly only for a small minority. Right. Is, is what I thought right. he was saying. Yeah, that's what right? I thought. But to be the tzaddik, I, I get the impression he is trying to get everybody to lift up there to get to at least that level. Yeah, yeah I, agree? I, I agree that's what his point is. Yeah. yeah. So. No, but that's, that's not what these chapters are about. Though. These chapters are all about achieving the next level, which this, is the This class the begins these three chapters, which are going to the pious level. And, which and he quotes one rabbi... Um, Sorry, I apologize. I can't remember his right. name right now. It's okay. Don't but let's it, not lose the track. Um, it's in his discussion about the separation of meat and dairy. Yeah. Um, who says that I am as vinegar to my father's wine because my father would wait 24 hours to eat meat and dairy and I would only wait eight or something like that. Well, he would know. He would just, he would not eat one or the other this meal, but then the next meal he would eat well, the other right. one. Right. Yeah, he was separate. So he would just separate from meal to meal, right. whereas his father, in 24 if, he, hours. if he ate meat in this meal... It's a meat day. <laughs> right. Or if he ate dairy, you know, he would go 24 hours. Yeah. Before. But the reason I bring him up is not in this text, I don't think, but in a different text, I believe I've read the same guy, because the story sounds very similar, and the extra element to that is that the son, the reason why he didn't do that is he didn't think he was righteous enough to do that. In other words, if your righteousness, your tzadikim level, is not top shelf, then practicing piety on top of that is hip hypocritical. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. Neat point. So that was part of my, I guess, perspective on this, is that like, I do feel like it's unnecessary, but at the same time, it's like, I think that there is some, I would, I guess, would caution people to be careful that they're not like, you know, well, I'm going to separate 24 hours but yeah, I'm gonna go and watch that rated R movie, and that's okay. 
You know, it's like, well, where's your standards? They're very inconsistent, and that's that's looking very bad to other people. I would certainly say that the wrong call would have a problem oh, with that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Are you going to say something? Yeah. Just just because this is my first class, actually. With the, Are you allowed to this, speak? This did you study? Sorry. I, this chapter I did. The, the, this, these the, three chapters. On my, on my the, the trait of abstinence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the, here it's translated as separation. Yeah. But has we have I, abstinence. Has, has everyone read um, chapter twelve already? With the discussion. Or with, yeah, yeah absolutely. Through? Yeah. Okay. Just yeah, we went through one through twelve. Okay. And then we took a break for Christmas. No. We took we took a break for uh, for Pete's wedding. But okay. yeah, we we're already at the tzaddik level. In our understanding, perhaps not our practice, but our understanding. So yeah, so we're never stepping. No, we just I just to open the book to the chesed. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, this. Can we call ourselves a Saudi class? We must have that one. Down. How's your book come along? You're reading the other one, the version with the other Everyday yeah, holiness. Yeah, uh, everyday holiness. That is the um, holy day heaviness. Stepped <laughs> step down version of. I mean, it's. A, I think it's an excellent introduction uh, to Musar. And um, 13? 13, 13 weeks? I don't remember. It doesn't match. I thought you said 18. Yeah, it doesn't 18? Walk. Yeah. I think there's, he, I think there's 18, um, 18 attributes, attributes but he only goes through 13 or so. Uh, but, right? Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, so this week, uh, actually, um, last week, no. Are we on adaptability? Adaptability, right? Uh, no, no. It's, it's it's moderation. Week. Moderation this yeah, week. Moderation. Adaptability. So oh, there he is. Oh, Look, yeah. right over, it's right over there. Oh, yes. Minion Man. Man. The Minion Man. Y'all doing, brothers? Good to see y'all. Good to see y'all. Good to see you. Good to see you, man. All right. Welcome, Mark. Good to see you, Nelly. What's up, man? Yeah. How you doing, Shalom. Shalom. What am I, chopped liver? No, no, no. Chopped liver? All right. Thank you. Thank you. So, so last week's, you know, when when Mary presented her case for. Uh, dating this guy instead of uh, him getting vetted, um, you know, which of course tends to denigrate my existing sons-in-law that that went through that process, and, and I, you know, I get that. And um, but when she presented all of that, um, we we spent two and a half hours here going back and forth and debating about whether or not she has the right to make these choices legally. She can. Should have put her out on her ear, let her fend for herself, sleep in the streets, um, go sleep with him. Um, at any rate, uh, we decided that after two and a half hours, uh, we were tired, and we would bring it back up again at 7 o'clock in the morning at the breakfast table. And uh, that was a tough night of sleep for me that night, but uh, we were studying adaptability, and I sat down at the table and decided that I would practice adaptability, and uh, so I have adapted. I don't know if I will overcome yet, but I will. I have adapted. So uh, yes, the uh, the book that we're reading now, uh, adaptability, and then we're this week on moderation, and uh, it really is a more gentler look at thirteen to eighteen generic type of traits midot that really everybody should be considering. 
I think it would make a better world if everyone were to consider it. And I don't know that uh, that type of character study exists in the Christian expression of our faith. Um, at least I never experienced it in 20, 25, 30 years, whatever it was. Um, so um, it's, it's good, but I don't see there, there being um, levels of holiness They're in any way. It's everyday holiness. How are you doing on this one? How are you doing on that one? And, and the whole idea, and I think what's, what was good about it, is it teaches you that you are so different than me, Rick. We have a lot in common. We have a lot of history in common. We have a lot of family things in common. But your personality and your, your bents, your traits, and your, and your failings are completely different than mine. Therefore, the map of Musar, for me, would be different than yours. You need to work on other traits that I'm already stellar in. I need to work on some traits that you're a master of, and so therefore our map to get to whatever we call that is different for each person. And I think that that's something that Ramkal goes through, but very lightly. So the idea is not that we're all to become automatons or, or walk some path all together. It's different for each man, even at the level that he's talking about. Which, but, is, which is why one man might have a stringency in one area, in one area that somebody else doesn't for what for different reasons. Precisely correct. Precisely correct. And also why one man can always sharpen another, because there's always going to be different strengths and weaknesses there, and that's that's the beauty of it, right? So, I'm appreciating the other book, only because it's giving me. A, a much broader and easier view of my own life to say my way highway my way highway sounds moderate sounds adaptable <laughs> so there, there, there we are you got choices what's the problem block <laughs> paper scissors <laughs> Right, so, uh, so back to this chapter. Um, I, I think that uh, I think the Ram, I think Ramkal tries to make it clear on the front end. People could freak here yeah. if we say that there's going to be abstinence from things that God obviously said were not only okay but are good. Mm-hmm. So to restrain yourself from those would be a sin. And there's others who would say, well, no, it's, it's no problem at all. And I thought he did a pretty good job of demonstrating where some were fine and it made sense and others would be completely inappropriate. And he argued both sides, which I thought was just shocking. Um, anybody care to try and give us a, a one-liner on how we define those and how we uh, grab what the sages said as far as what is permissible to restrain from and what is not? I guess one thing that, one idea that he promoted that I think uh, made sense to me is when you have a situation where uh, there's question whether or not something would be permitted or not permitted. So it's not cut and dry, clear. Uh, You know, he basically said, 
be stringent. Why take the chance? Right. Yeah. You went to the beginning. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. And and so, I think there's I think there's some wisdom in that. I know I've had situations where, um, you know, I have played the cards that way and it worked out worked out well. Uh, so in that kind of resonated for me as yeah. well. Just when in when in doubt, do without. Uh, right. I find that one really scary. I mean, yeah. like we've talked about going through the the melachot. I mean, how many times do we go through it and go, this Orthodox rabbi says none of that, and this Orthodox rabbi says sometimes we'll go with it sometimes. It's like according to this one, he actually takes a step further. If you read the whole the whole passage on that part, he actually says you should find the strictest opinion that wasn't even in the majority. Find the one guy who goes, I think we should do none of it, and go with him. Yeah, he is definitely if, teaching yeah, the absolute side. If you are trying to be... This is a big one, a, a, a big chapter, but um, there's a bunch of things, to, to your point of the... And, and I love the way he starts out with the Yerushalami uh, Shalami Nidarim part. Like, so... Who are you to say that you can add more commandments to the Torah? You can take away some from you? Like, what, you think you're God? That the Torah was not good enough that you have to take and mm-hmm. add extra boundaries for yourself? Or you have to add, you, I will give extra charity, I will pray more because right. what's right. already there isn't enough for you? Or are you crazy? That's what the, 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 the Talmud says. But yet he's got this whole book on on abstaining. For some reason, mine says separate, which is, I don't think, that, not a good translation. Yeah. Yeah. Mine says separate. Really? Yeah. But so that from uh, abstaining from those things which God has called good. That's crazy. You don't do that. And then, as he always does, he gives the yeah, other side. Wait, wait, wait another paragraph, and he's and, ready to do the other and side. And that's actually the key of this book, is that I, you don't have to be a, a chassid level to be applying these things at all. Exactly. And in fact, I think, in many ways, the you know, um, 613 commandments, you can live in a Jewish society. A lot of those can be taken for granted, and, and you can live a life, presumably, of keeping all of those and really missing out on these points of the the Mr. points, which right. which make, right. make make individual, and so the, the whole I think a lot of the reason why he gives this this point that point is because every individual is at a different level and mm. each person has its own level of uh, what's not normal for yeah. for that individual. So someone it could be food. We all have our our, our personal kryptonites. Right. right. So for for this person, there is no such thing as having. Um, you know, a handful of chips. Mm. It's either one chip, or it's either zero chips, or it's the bag. He has no control there. Right. So for him, it's uh, for other person, it's cigarettes. For other person, it's alcohol. Right. They're all they're right. all things that are fine. Right. But you have to determine what your normality is, and that's why I think he, he, he talks in, in those big and um, those very large juxtapositions. Yeah, it's the big swings of the pendulum. Yeah. But I, quite frankly, I think that's why so many of the of the famous sages thought this was the greatest thing since sliced bread, because it fits everybody. If you want to do it, you do it. It yeah. fits for you, because you want to go here. Right. You only want to go here, and it fits for you. Yeah, it's it's know. it's just a, a wonderful um, right. exposition, if you will, on either side. This is, this is actually very interesting because the history of Luzado is one filled with like a lot of controversy Absolutely. and turmoil. I mean, Just like the Rambam. Yeah, well, even more so because he was a mystic that was yeah. teaching Kabbalah in various places and he literally got like excommunicated, kicked out of the Jewish community in Italy 
and they literally burned all of his works Rambam, except this one. Rambam was almost the same way. They were ready to kick him out. You bet. Yeah. Same but, kind uh, of deal. So, you know, so Rambam's got I don't think this was a very accepted work for mm. a long, long time. Mm. Um, yeah, what was that quote, Pete? That was so interesting. Somebody sort of famous mentioned that most of the truths that he had promoted in his teachings were all sort of encoded in this one work. Well, yeah, that's in the introduction. Oh, okay, it's just yeah. That all, all of Kabbalah is, is contained mm-hmm. in that. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. that and this is, is one of the first of the Muslim movement of Judaism. Mm-hmm. So even then, different people, ah, that's true, but if you really want to unlock your potential, this is the way I interpret it. So, mm-hmm. so this, this is kind of his style. Yeah. It's, his, it's his thing. Um, the Guide for the Perplexed, the Rambam, put out there, you know, it just caused him the same kind of agita in the Jewish community, and there were many calling for him to just, you know, he's, he can't be rabbi anymore, he's just like crazy, you know. So kind of you mentioned something that I thought, if you could expand on it would be helpful. Um, you said that you found this, like, really helpful to get things out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love if you could expound on that, because I read these chapters, basically I got that, you know, if I'm not praying or reading the Bible, it's not supposed to be fun. And to be honest with you, I didn't get anything out of it. Hmm. Uh, here's, here's the teaching that I heard from the rabbi who kicked me out. Um, but it, it was... Uh, <laughs> the rabbi who shall <laughs> always be known as the yeah, one who kicked him out. Hopefully he's not watching right now. But, um, so we'll get the worry about that. So in, in, in this chapter, it talks about the Nazarene. Because uh, there's the iconic person who puts upon himself an oath. Um, and, and a vow not to partake of things that are fine, to, they're perfectly fine. There's no sin for for indulging those things unless you have this vow. And it says, why on earth is that there? And, it, and of course, that's talked a lot about in the Talmud as well. And, and a lot and about, right, the whole tractate Nadarim is about, like, why on earth are you going to make vows for yourself? And another part, well, why would you not make vows for yourself? You can refine yourself. So, But the common ground is what precedes that portion of the Nazarite is the waters of testing. It's the bride who's been suspected of being unfaithful. Uh, unfaithful to her husband and is thus going through this very humiliating process of which there are witnesses. Um, and the whole point that, and so it goes from there to bam, all of a sudden, uh, and the Lord spoke to Moses, speak to the people of Israel, say to them, when a man or a woman wants to make a special vow, like why, why the segue? That makes no sense. Uh, but the point is this, the, um, you can logically follow the dots and it works for today's culture as well. So you, you have a wife um, who's, by somehow you think she's been yeah, un, but. unfaithful to someone. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm the only one who can say that now. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you, man. Okay, Two. Okay, yeah. so, 20%. Has 20%. Are you the only one that I think so. Logically assume you, you're at a party, you're at a guest's house, you're at an event, something like that, where she's going to socialize, you're going to socialize. And that's like step number one. Step number two is her and someone, some other guy get uh, get comfortable and then you add the element of alcohol which which can be you know is a beautiful thing to to partake of or when it can be abused it can uh, spark these failed emotions in this case so this woman you know lets her hair down a little bit gets a little too close to this guy yeah you know the, then the drink kicks in and then before you know it there's this uh, element of unfaithfulness and curiosity and uh, could lead to something serious which is why the, the, the water of testing part precedes this this uh, the, 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 the rest of the chapter about the Nazarite so uh, the Talmud says ah of course here's the connection so if I'm the person watching 
uh, as, as a witness, one, uh, one of the other priests, for example, this going on, and I'm seeing someone um, is, is either being punished or being exonerated, but either way, because they were in a situation which should have been avoided to begin with, and all of a sudden now I make a vow to, to not take alcohol, that's the connection, is because alcohol or some other substance was, was, was not being used properly in the situation. Because of that, now look where you are. And, but the important thing is that you observe it and you make a vow to it, as opposed to observing and say, well, mm. that's, that's bad. And that, that's today, if, if you're walking in uptown Charlotte and you, you see someone strung out on drugs or on heroin, if you, just, if you just observe it but you never take action to it, you eventually become immune to it. You, you say, oh, you know, I would never do that. Or like, man, that's, you know, that's you know, this crazy world we live in, and you just keep going, as opposed to saying, that's terrible. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna not, I, I have to do something about this now. I have to, uh, whether it's, uh, you, you make a vow to, to pray extra for the person, you make a vow to, to give charity, or perhaps you, you make a vow never to watch a movie that has a drug reference, whatever it is that you, you know, for me, heroin isn't that big of a thing. For other people, it could be their personal media is they're, they're prone to mm. those, uh, those traps and, and addictions of, of, of substance. So for him for, or for her, it's, they have to do a little extra. But the point there is that the, uh, the, the, the Nazarite has, uh, has seen um, the, the end result of what adding those substances into those weird si situations can cause. And regardless of the fact that it's probably not a big thing for them, or maybe it is a big thing for them, they're going to take action uh, in either way. It doesn't have to be as serious as taking a, a Nazarite vow, but um, there has to be some sort of a follow-up. You can't just observe something tragic and, and terrible and not try to fix it by offsetting something. Um, so like that's that that's kind of a modern day application and and, and connecting those those two portions Good as well. So. Well done. Glad to have you back in class. All right. So how did how did Ramkal distinguish between that which was appropriate to withhold from yourself and that which would be inappropriate? What was the key? How could you look at a a specific act or or something and and know according to Ramkal whether it would be appropriate for you to withhold that from yourself or abstain from it and know that you weren't violating the scripture? This one was also confusing to me because his point was basically if it's a necessity of life, yes. you can't withhold it from yourself. A necessity. But the irony, I feel like, is when most of the time when I read in Scripture of people abstaining from something, they're abstaining from a necessity. It's fasting, marital relations, it's sleep. Those are the things I see people abstaining from most of the time, with the exception of the Nazarite. In Scripture? Yeah. You saw somebody abstaining from sleep? Well, I mean, Yeshua oftentimes seems to go whole nights without sleep. I mean, the, the, the chronology certainly seems to be that. Okay. And, he, and he's chiding the is disciples it a, for Is it a necessity sleep. to sleep every night? I mean, not every night. Is it a necessity to stay in bed late and not rise long before day? Well, no. But is it a necessity that we shouldn't be up at midnight praying? I'm just picking on one that you said that I would, I would say, I don't know that he gave up a necessity. Judaism does define like necessities, for example... It would be like they say you need 60 grams, which is just under an olive-sized amount of mm -hmm. food portion to mm -hmm. one do the blessing afterward, but also to survive right. throughout the day. Yeah. 
Um, all things that are not essential for a person in matters of this world, it is appropriate for him to abstain from them, was his summary or bottom line. Um, so I think that um, if we were to go back to the scripture and find examples there, unless they were examples of wicked people, I would question whether or not forty day fast they were, Moses, forty day fast Yeshua. Okay, what, so three day, three week I, fast. I think day. clearly in the Word of God, we already know that fasting is not a necessity. Food is not a necessity. We know that because we're commanded to fast at right, least but one my, day. But, one, but my point is that they were going beyond. The but that's not his point. His point wasn't how much; it was what, and that's what we're talking about right now. So giving up food. Certainly, it doesn't seem to be a problem. That's not a necessity, certainly for a certain amount That's of time. That's not the way I was taught on this chapter. I was, I was okay. taught that you, that actually average schmoes really are encouraged to only take the minimum amount of fast days. Again, I'm not talking about how long. I'm talking about what. Because that's what he was talking about in chapter 13. It was, how do I determine what is appropriate for me to restrain myself from? That's all. Not how long. But what? Okay. Because that's what his whole argument was, what's appropriate and what's inappropriate to no, abstain I think, from. I think the, the measurement is important. because, But not in this chapter. So well, let's first determine what it is that's appropriate. Well, I mean, there isn't a single thing that would be a necessity for an everyday. Sure. Like you right. do without Television. something for every single... Television. Well, I mean, but I'm just saying, like, I think the amount is... Is important. I didn't say the amount wasn't important. What I am saying again is I'm trying to finish chapter 13 and his point was strictly to determine what was appropriate and what was inappropriate. And those are his two chapter headings in this chapter. Not for how long, not for how much. Strictly, how do I determine if this falls into the category of being sin because I'm restraining myself from it versus... This mm. is totally appropriate. It's appropriate. He started with that. That's what, what uh, um, Jonathan just went through. The idea that there are things that we can't abstain from, and it's completely appropriate to do so. There are other things that would be completely inappropriate. The sages say you can't. The sages say you can. And his culmination was, what is inappropriate is to restrain yourself. What is, what is appropriate is all things that are not essential for a person in matters of this world is appropriate for him to abstain from if he should show, choose to but do. I'm just pointing out that I feel like he makes up his list because he says, he quotes Hillel as arguing that breakfast is necessity. I'm... Okay. You seem to have a chip on your shoulder for this chapter or for this particular one. Um, I don't know if I should give you more time or less time. I'll just stop. Um, I'm sorry. I apologize. I, I don't want to argue this anymore. I just want to know what you guys think of as appropriate versus inappropriate. What is, and basically using his definition, what is essential? Is television essential? No, no absolutely not. I, I got to know and an absolutely not. Is there a maybe, possibly? Yeah, of course not. Okay, so that's what I'd like to hear. I've lived without one for three years. No, Great. It just depends on your... Yeah, I was, Television is an X factor to consume something. Okay. Okay, so you it, it depends on what your field is and how you consume that X factor. Okay. Because people used to waste time. But we should see it as a non-essential for life. Non-essential in this world. 
I would say that the essential things have to be solely reliant on you because let's say I am trying to work on a quality that I need to fast from this from, like an X factor, but it also affects my wife. Okay. Therefore, it's not appropriate for me to abstain from that because it would detract from either her happiness or the shalom in the home. Okay, so So I'm trying to get a... Something you have to... I'm trying to get a good... Idea of how to gauge myself affect you. And and what he's saying is a big part of of what's Uh, what's not essential for life. Mm -hmm. Whose life? Because we're all in different walks of life. We all have different professions, etc. So that's a big part of what Nasir is as well. Because it's character development. There's six billion characters on the planet, so they all they all are developed differently. So. Again, I'm trying to build this. Let's say a guy. Well, hang on a second. I just, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just, I'm saying I'm trying to put together this box of how I can, regular guy, know what we would consider to be essential to this world versus not. And you brought in this other factor. If I work in media, television is an obligation for me because okay. it's my. Sure. I have to be knowledgeable. Sure. So instead of going to the specifics, let's see if we can get a, a more general. Yeah. This is essential. This is non-essential. How do I, how do I get that list? It's essential for your profession, we could say as as a category. Okay. So for, my 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 profession is going to require for me to have internet. There's people that that's not you're in the same computer boat. usage. Right. As yeah. evil potentially as internet is, and just as good as it potentially yeah. is, and some people would would say say that's not. And that's, to your point probably your point too um, for those of us that have a problem with the internet with computers and having it suck away all that time or something like that then um, this may we may want to you know put this in the non-essential category and flush that but to your point if I've got a professional need that may not be a possibility of course it may also be a, a good opportunity to change their job yeah. Just it doesn't seem like there is gonna be a general consensus of like a one liner to distinguish between them. He he notes in one of his last paragraphs that there's it's case by case. Yeah, it's a personal always, thing. Yeah. Um, because like you said, so yeah, I just I just want to try and get some of them to flesh out a little bit so we can talk about it. But the bottom line is <coughs> he keeps using the word essential here in English, but it's what keeps you alive, basically. So I, I think one of the examples he used was a guy who needs charity isn't allowed to not accept charity. Right. Well, what does it mean he needs charity? Right. Like, if you're one of those weirdo guys, you're going to be like, no, I don't need charity, no, just trust. Just trust God. <laughs> but, you know, Hashem's not giving you charity. Yeah. yeah. So, and right, so, who are subjecting their bodies to affliction and bizarre behaviors. Yeah. You know, weird people. Yeah, weird people. So, and all that's that's sinful. Like, don't kill yourself. Right. Basically, don't cut yeah, your flesh. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah. Like blood matter. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that. I mean, I don't know that I can add. I mean, to me, he sums up the he sums up his definition of the good form of poetry as one should not take anything from the world with any use that he makes of it except what's essential so we get back to that word which is going you're essential I mean right. food, water 
clothing, shelter. shelter. You know, those things God promised. Yes, we can <laughs> go a period of time without them, but we cannot go indefinitely, indefinitely, right? right or we die, right. right? So those are essential, right? Um, but um, chocolate milk, except was essential to him because of what his nature, some sages what his nature that. requires. The footnote there. No, but the basic part of this definition is that one not deprive himself of that which is essential for his nature. As Ram Call explains below, depriving oneself in that way is included in the bad pursuit right, right. of which the sages disapprove, etc., etc. Et yeah. So, Good. you know. Because when it comes down to it, he says, if you abstain from things that are essential to you, you're a sinner. And we know the definition of sin is something that distances you from God. So basically... You could kind of summarize, like, if my abstaining from something or separating myself from something is going to hinder or re- uh, pull me away from Hashem in any way whatsoever, you or someone I've committed, else, or, or someone else, which was an excellent point, mm-hmm. then I've I've crossed the line there. Wow! Right, that's very good. Wow, that reminds me of uh, Paul when Paul was talking about um, the the vegetarian mm-hmm. and the meat eater, uh, and he said, "With me eating meat." Right, if me eating meat causes my brother to it's offensive to him, yeah. right? I'm not going to eat meat in his presence. I'm sure. not going to eat meat around him. Sure. You know, if I'm going into his home, you know, and he's a vegetarian, I'm going to be a vegetarian, so I don't offend him. That's pretty deep. Abstaining yeah. for the sake of that's good. Life. That's good. Yeah. And it's all about the all all your abstaining is for the sake of getting closer to Hashem. Exactly, which is what you're saying is. To take you further away from worldly things, because you've mentioned every every worldly activity has something in it that could lead you to sin. Yeah. So if you want to be closer to Hashem, be closer to Hashem. And I mean, even even that example later on, I think it may have been chapter fifteen, where he talked about the importance of seclusion. Mm-hmm. But then even going so far as he quoted, I think the Talmud that said, like you know, used some quote to say like you know a sword is to the guy that only studies Torah locked in a closet like that's that's nothing little, to this little world. over like, the top yeah 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 and that's that's what I love the, the balance and uh, he, he mentions Ecclesiastes chapter 7 don't be overly righteous right yeah because the the, 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 the righteous person actually shortens his life yeah. but the evildoer can extend his life and his evil doing so do not be overly righteous and that's mm-hmm. a big point here to, to, to bring home that um the, the righteous stuff and uh, are you guys on chapter 13 or 14? 13, yes. 14 yes. and 15. Yeah, 15. So you've got yeah, all, all three. Yeah. All of the ones about, about absolutely. That's, yeah. how, that's how that works? Yeah. Okay. Then you guys already know that. Yeah. Okay. But it's good. I mean, yeah, I mean that's well, the, the whole idea there, right? And it kind of made me think of the other, the cool per K vote I always loved where it was like, you know, Torah study without an occupation leads to sin. <laughs> right. And you're like, how could Torah study lead to sin? That yeah. seems impossible. But it's when you're using that as an excuse for not Doing something that is essential to life, right? Yeah, it's out of balance. Yeah, and and what I love about the book is, as much as I, you know, quite frankly, I'm I'm probably more on on the line with Joshua in a lot of these things, um, just to try and make you feel better. Um, I, I love the book because he's got it so balanced all the time. If I think he's going way out on the peninsula, ready to go into the water, he says, "But of course," and then he goes the other way, and you're like. I love this guy. Why did I love this guy? You know, well, he just, and, and the other thing he says at the, I think it's at the end of chapter 15, is he says, by the way, don't try to be a chassid 
right. overnight. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. He makes the point to yeah. say, slowly. Yeah, a lifelong you know, pursuit. Slowly, yeah. you know, you know uh, distance yourself from these different things. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Don't try to just say, "Damn, right, man." That's kind of where I feel like I'm at. You know, I like I read these things and I'm like, "Man, that that's I would respect someone a lot if they behave this way." I mean, the the sage caliber he's describing are people that we read about. I've never met someone personally that is like this. We're reading the biographies about these guys. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And so, so I have. A lot of respect for that, but yeah, I'm I'm in this like baby step stage, yeah. which is great that I'm still working on that. Well, I know exactly. that's what I was going to say before you go. I was going to say, uh, you know, the rest of this book, I yeah. I'm only going through it for you guys because I need to put it on the shelf and work on the first twelve <laughs> well, chapters because I'm like <sighs> an hour every day reviewing everything that I did. How many of you guys are still doing that? How many of you guys are, 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 are doing hour, an hour a day? Hour. Not an hour. I'm still doing, but not that much. Right. So, you know, I, I don't, I was so impressed with the first half of this book. I don't want to learn the rest and go, <laughs> that's not me. I can't do any of this. This is, I'm not, I'm not a hussy. And put this book on the shelf and forget about it. That's not what I desire. What I desire is to remember these first 12 chapters and change my life <coughs> and make the inside as good as everybody thinks the outside looks like. <coughs> because if you're walking the walk, there should be nothing more detestable to you than people that just fawn all over you because you're so wonderful and righteous when you know the truth. Yeah. Amen? Amen. 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 I'm sorry, Colby. Pete had such a... Oh. Colby had a little something. Pete had something to tell It was just about the little by little thing. Maybe it was, it was a little while ago, maybe a couple months ago, that you said one of the best things to do is to just take a very tiny thing, but then to do it consistently all the time instead of trying to take on a big thing and then be inconsistent with it and that's exactly what he says at the end of chapter 15 and because that that is really encouraging like you read through all this stuff and you think oh man these are so big they're so huge but if you just took a tiny little piece of one of them and then made it a habit you could really go far and just how do you even know those steps one One bite at a time right you start Dobson Gordon McDonald they all said it right Little little piece mm-hmm. of consistency for twenty days, and you own it. Yeah. And, make it and then add another one. Yeah. Um, footnote on that: there is like like the little self help world says twenty one days to make a habit. Yeah. Like you make makes like <laughs> habits a year or something. But um, we're no, the sages have this two things. Sages have one story about how did why did this kid steal an apple. How did he get these character traits of still an apple? And it traced it back to his dad, um, like, was not as honest as he should have been as a business deal. Nothing illegal, it just maybe should have some off the top or something like that. But his dad used to preach behind a bima, but wasn't living like he was supposed to. Mm-hmm. It was like a fault. Yeah. So he's like, it's this grandfather's fault that this kid stole an apple because it was generational yeah. of, of this. But the thing I was going to say was, one time, I probably told this story before, but Pete um, sent this email about this guy who was super righteous, like put God in front of his ways all the time. And then Greg responds, he was like, hey, so like, are you doing that? Like what, um, give me like some practical stuff here. Um, and Pete's like, 
know my teacher told me to like implement small things and work up to this. And that was super encouraging because, you know, the natural thing would have been like, yeah, like I'm doing this, totally, I'm trying to do this, you know, something like that. But if if I would have read when Pete said that, I would have been really discouraged. Like, he is God. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it was a human. Um, but just not like being Christian vulnerable and I used to smoke coat, like all weird stuff, but just honest like evaluations of where we're at holistically. And it's it's really encouraging. Um, so I lost it, but that was good. It, it's, it essentially ended with taking things like one by one. Yeah, little by little. The other phrase that came to mind as I was reading this, right, was you know, there's a phrase that we learned back in the, you know, back in the prior life, um, you know, where this idea of being so heavenly minded no earthly that you're good. no earthly good. Yeah. Right? And so I, so I think with Hasidut, there's definitely an opportunity to fall, that to fall into that yeah. ditch. Right? Absolutely. I think Ram Khal, you know, tries to say, hey, you know, yeah. Don't go that way because that's not that's the bad parachute. Right? Exactly. That's the bad. Uh, but there's definitely you know um, that's just something that I think anybody who's going to try to practice Hasi, uh, a parachute at some level is always going to have to be mindful. Yeah. You know, and it gets back to motivation and other things too. Yeah, right? and, and the end goal. Um, I, I I think of that and. You know what what uh, what comes to mind is the guys we read about, the biographies that we buy, are not guys that were in some hole, studying by themselves, and again so heavenly minded that you know nobody ever knew them. They never bumped into anybody. They are meeting and working with and helping and blessing people all day long. You, know, you got people standing in lines miles long to touch this life in some way abstaining from food six days a week for years without their wife even knowing. Yeah, now that's... Yeah. Wow. Holy oh, man, that's crazy. You're going to have to move smartly here, bud. Let's go. Bring um, it up. When Michael and I got back from New York, it was a big thing that Jews just didn't eat out. They only ate at kosher restaurants. Mm -hmm. So I go, like, we want to try to do this. But instead of getting back, and be like, yo, this is our standard. Here's our stuff. We would have felt like two days in. But we just... If, if people ask, we're like, we saw this, it was encouraging, and we're trying to get there. There you go. And it really set us up not for failure. Yeah. And it, it wasn't like a false pie. Well, you know, I, I want to encourage you. You know, you've been married for, you, like, you know, not even the number of seconds that I've been married in, you know, I didn't. <laughs> um, but, I mean, these guys can, can attest to it as well or better than I. Yeah, you're on a you're on a team now. It's not just you. It's it's not just Captain Piety and this is the way it's going to be. You know, it's a team, and you can only go so far as your partner has come. It's as simple as that. So, if it's baby steps for you, because she wants to sprint, or baby steps for her because you're ready to sprint. Either way, little by little, and establishing the habit within your family over time mm. and establishing mm. not only that habit but then that reputation is important because where the habit could 
hit a little speed bump, the reputation helps to keep it in gear. And the reputation is built by the habit. And the habit is promoted by the reputation. And over time, you just keep adding, you keep adding, you keep adding, and you turn it to him. Quick question, just yeah. to drop in here. Um, I have to say, all the little by little stuff is very encouraging. Yeah. Reading this book by myself on my lonesome, I was feeling really bludgeoned. That's why it. we meet every week. Um, and I just want to know, like, as you're moving, I'm, I'm very much something of an all or nothing kind of person, especially when it comes to what's right and wrong. When I used to take tests, I tried to get A's, even if I only needed the 50 on the final, because it's just too hard to suck the, to do less. And so my, my question is, when you're taking little by little, how do you avoid feeling like you're a failure until you get to the end? Because to me, it's like, if I'm taking little by little, it's like, but I know in my head, I'm not doing everything that I know I need to do. That's a great... We can talk about it after class. We can talk about it after class. The thing is, I think that's a whole... Yeah, well, just one, one comment to encourage you. If you know that you should, for example, memorize scripture, doesn't it begin with the first verse, the first phrase? So, you know, I think that all of us should have books of the Torah memorized. Books. That, and I think the shortest to answer the question, because it's a beautiful question, is there is there, there should really be not a goal because it's it's like you're running towards infinity. There's there's no such thing as arriving there. But there's only such thing as getting closer. Mm -hmm. So if uh, 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 that's that's one way, one way to look at it. And and the goal, of course, is oneness with him. Sure. You can't be one with him until you're with him. Yeah. So you know we do the best we can over the vestibule before we're ushered into the. Ballroom, right? I mean, that's what he started with. Oh. All right, I got to move us on here, or we'll never finish. Um, several areas of life. There's a place with regard to worldly pleasures. And as as I was reading this, I determined that everything everything seems to be a worldly pleasure, as far as I can tell. Um, the second was with regard to Torah laws, and then the third was with regard to social conduct. So, show of hands. See that hand? <laughs> of the three, worldly pleasures, Torah laws, social conduct, which one do you think you need to work the most on in your life? Raise your hand if it's worldly pleasures. It was slow, but... I got eight out of ten. Um, Torah laws. You can vote more than once, right? Wait. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was, was going to vote twice. I want to vote twice. Put them down when you think you don't have to work out. Okay, okay, so it didn't work. All right. I didn't, read, I didn't read that part. But what's the. I'm confused. What's the social? About the Torah laws? Oh, Did so, you guys not read chapter 14? I read all three of them, but I'm confused. I'm missing something here. What the, okay, the Torah laws is the one parachute where Parachute relates to several practice. areas of life. There is a place for parachute with regard to worldly pleasures, mm -hmm. a place for parachute with regard to Torah laws, and a place for parachute with regard to social conduct. Okay, let's see. Don't partake of worldly things other than what's one, what one's essential needs require. You're in chapter 14? That is 14. Okay. That is the second paragraph. 
I just read from the first paragraph and the second paragraph. The third paragraph, one more. Parachute with respect to Torah laws means to always act stringently in their regard, which yeah, right. uh, okay. at least one person has already said. It's near the end. It talks about social interaction. Yeah. And that's a seclusion? Um, yeah, secluding and also interrupting your Torah study to talk to people. Secluding oh, okay. and separating oneself from broader society. In order to clear your head. Because yeah. the seclusion is so very important. What's not gazing outside of one's four L's? What does that even mean? I looked up L, and apparently that's like... Um, Archaic word to describe a corner in the room. So is it like like like, like, like the grass is greener like kind of thing? Not looking at like not the word is not looking outside of your four walls basically. Right your, your domain. Don't don't go past this hill. Yeah, but the navy still say only like if it's not within three feet of you, you can't control it. So only worry about these three feet because that's all you can control. So like when you're on your side of a mountain climbing a rock, the only thing you can control is the next thing you grab. Doesn't matter if you fall, the only thing you can control is right here. So only focus on that little bubble. Okay, that's okay. good. That's cool. That's, that's awesome, dude. I mean, you're also like, just looking at people, though. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at it. Yeah, too far ahead. Okay. Well, you constantly compare yourself to people, you'll always be a thug. If there's always someone who makes more money, there's always someone who's better looking, there's always someone that. We're ju just the opposite. You'll always find yourself to be so far beyond everybody and so perfect that you don't need to work. That is a rare problem. Yeah. Who <laughs> <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> you hang with? Gosh, man, I am so awesome. <laughs> 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 I can well, 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 let's get this humility yeah. thing down. Wow. The other thing that, uh, that I took away from this, again, because the wrong call does try to bring balance to it, is a true, a true chassid, a true, somebody who's, who's truly obtained this midot parachute, um, is also never going to look down on somebody who hasn't. True. Mm. Because, A, it's not required. Right. Right. I mean, you know, in the biographies I've read, you know, uh, again, the Baba Sali is a great example. You know, he abstained from food six days a week, but he never expected anybody else to. Right. You know, so that's a true pious person who can maybe have that standard, but also never makes somebody else feel uncomfortable. Right. Uh, wow. And, and, and you may never even know that they have that standard. Well, I think that's really the... the, the the, the bigger point, right? right, is that if they're doing some of those things, they're not the kind of things that, I mean, the Hasid's right. not going to come and sit in our class and say, well, this is what I do. That, that's, that's just anathema to the way they, the way they are. Right. They, they are working on that inner purity in order to be closer to Hashem. Not to be closer to you, yeah. but that not just comes as a natural byproduct because yeah. you're one of his, his creatures. You, yeah. you, you're in his image. So therefore, you're going to be closer, and he's going to do, as we see in some of these sages, everything possible to bless you. Praise God. Not to puff himself up or even talk about what he does. You know? I remember um, years ago, a um, godly man was interviewed, and this is in, you know, on, the, on the other side of the fence. Surprising. Um, and he was asked about his devotion time in the morning. 
can you describe that for our readers so that you know we can uh, lay that out and, and you can be a, a fabulous example to them and, and he looked at her and said absolutely not I mean it's far too personal um, no I can't that's no let's move on and that I think is, is, is what we're talking about here is that you're pious you're not there to show anything and, and retracting from the world and its pleasures and the social life and all of that tends to help to allow that to happen because if you're out there bebopping all the time with somebody or, or your group you know you're happy go lucky mm-hmm. you know the, the one the other example as far as parachute with respect to social social life you know the idol idol talk right? yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah you know immediately the thing that came to mind you know, was sports. You know, yeah. every you know everybody you know, <laughs> talks about the game and the this and the that. You know, nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with any of that, okay. right? It's not forbidden. It's, you know, it's not a forbidden topic. Right. Turn your shirt inside. But it is. It is forbidden to wear that sweatshirt. That is idle. Yeah, it is idle. Yeah. So it, 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 it's going to burn. Yeah. So. Let's see. Does that come under wood, hay, or stubble? I think it's stubble. Cool. Comments, yes. It's a, it, the four L's thing is along the same, it's in the same paragraph as the idol words. And it's about, I just read the footnote, it's just about not looking around the room, basically. Mm. Like, because you'll probably see something that distracts you. Mm. And so it's this idea of, like, just looking at what you need to look at. It's not even a reference to not looking at, like, inappropriate things, like, that happen to be there. Because mm. that's, that's obvious. Like that's Torah. This is above and beyond. Right. right. That's Arik stuff. Like this don't just be looking <laughs> around. Because in it's uh, in ours, it's like four emote. Yeah. So like just just a little circle here. Right. Stop looking around. And the four remote right. thing comes up an awful lot. I've they like their remote. Wow. Four remote. Remote control. Yeah. I'm gonna make a little hoop. Four remote. All right, final comments here on uh, on this. Are you encouraged? Are you encouraged? Are you more encouraged? I know you're not encouraged. Are you more encouraged? Now than I did Good. When I got here. Good. I, my my desire is that uh, again the reason why I went through the, the what I think are the three uh, types of men in the class groups of men not types of men, groups of men um, and, and it's not like if you're in the first group you're always going to be in the first group at this point in life you may be driving strong and feeling good, got your tzaddik, quotia, good, and you're ready to move into piety. Um, I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm working on the tzaddik deal, and, uh, and I really would like to get that down. So the inside, outside, it yeah. just fits good. It fits good. So, other comments? Anything. Um, I can't help but be reminded of 
you know, just what Yeshua says, you know, like you, 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 you've heard it said or you've seen it written, uh, do not commit adultery. I say, don't even, don't even look, look at, at her. Him. You know, uh, and he said, your hand is, you know, take you know, that take bad boy. Off. You know, like just, you know, in other and words, and what was his focus? Use it for that. What was his focus? It's yeah. better for you yeah. to enter the kingdom yeah. missing something, missing something, than not to it, than not to, not to it all. And um, that's what we saw. You know, that's exactly. And and Paul was the same way. Yes. You know, and so it's it's helping me. Uh, like we talked about the little by little, because I kind of felt like Joshua too when I started studying the Petter Shoes deal. But I, I like at the beginning of it how he set, he puts a separation between it. Yeah. Like, I, hey, look, you that know, one. all this other stuff, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be incorporated in what you're going to see in Petter Shoes, but all that other stuff, you know, there, there's a clear Here's separation. The Here's the line. Here's yeah. the line. This is things that are permissible, but, you know, you can abstain from it. And like, how we talked about earlier about the internet, you know, um, there's a whole man Jewish group now uh, guarding your eyes, oh, yeah. you know, all that, you know, all that stuff, you know, like, cause the internet can be used for wicked purposes, you know, and, you know, so, you know, that's where I'm at is like, you know, little by little, you know, yes, it's not, uh, spoken against in Torah, but is it something it that can lead lawful. to a transgression? Yeah. But yes. It may not be profitable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it may be permissible, but may not be profitable. Yeah. 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 So. I, I, I think that uh, the thing that I'm so excited about is twofold. Number one, I am so excited about knowing that there is a map. I joined the Army, <laughs> and there was a map. I said, wait, wait, are you telling me if I do what's on this, you're going to promote me? You don't have any choice. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Bam, bam, bam. I was one of the youngest E5s to ever pass the, uh, well, ever to max the, the E5 board in the Army. Only because they wrote it down. This is exciting to me. That to know the ladder, to know the map is great. The second thing, and actually more exciting than that to me, is you. To learn this in a vacuum has got to be one of the most pitiful things that you could end up with. Now, what are you? You're a complete loser! Because you're nowhere, you're not even started yet. But no, here we are surrounded by such a great cloud of not witnesses. This is the type of, type of Helpers. life that the Ronald Call was advocating. Amen. 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 And it also brings back to memory of the verse about running with endurance the yeah. before you yeah. fix the yeah. eyes upon God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and to kind of go back to the question about you know, these little steps of trying to refine yourself and like how do you not feel like you're, you're, you're not going to meet the point or the, you know, just to fail miserably. Yeah. And I think the best piece of wisdom is from um, uh, a, uh, a talk I heard a uh, Alcoholics Anonymous veteran of like 40 years, been crazy. He said that, um, you know, he, he used to have the, the, the train of thought where he would say, I, I'm a former alcoholic. And he would say, of course not. I will always be an alcoholic. I am an alcoholic now and have been for the last 40 years, but I just have never had a drink. And it's right. every day is right. the only way I, I, I can look at that. I will always have this imperfection, 
but every day, again, going back to the open, I can only control a certain amount of time, right. but as long as I can control it, that baby step, I'm going to own it. Amen. And uh, and so I think that's important to keep in mind when it comes to refining characteristics. You can make grand plans for yourself and shoot way too hard, fall flat on your face, and then you'll be even bigger failure and will discourage yourself even more as opposed to looking at what I can really control, what small things can I chip away to improve my muster self. Yeah. And that's that's the true you know, endurance. That's, that that's the path. That's the path. That's working at your salvation. That's it. Mm. Right, and now I understand why we need to do that with fear and trembling. Mm. Holy cow! Mm. To latch onto that, that's sort of the essence of tikkun, because mm. once you've you've come to the awareness that okay, this is wrong. Your relationship with God mandates that you do teshuva, turn away from this. You still have the proclivity, the in, the inclination, as it were, to move towards this, but now you have the choice to not do it. It, it has to be in the same way, okay? So I don't take the second look at that woman walking down the street. Mm -hmm. I don't, um, I, I, you know, whatever the case is for every person, it, it, it's repaired the same way it, the damage is done, mm -hmm. which is also very encouraging. And to, uh, to demonstrate to, true tshuva, to be faced with that same opportunity again and not do it. Mm. That's cool. That's encouraging. This is more of a question. So, to the extent that you vow <clears throat> to abstain from something, first question is, is that even the right way to think about it? Are we really making a vow, or are we just making a decision to say, I think... I should try to refrain from this. And so, Mizrat Hashem, I'm going to attempt to do that, right? Yeah. Because if we if we vow, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of the master. master had said, a lot to say about that. He wasn't not, too he was not, not to, too pleased with right. doing that. Don't don't make a lot of vows. Just right? your let your yes be yes. Yeah, I'm right. gonna do that. Because if I vow yeah. I, it is now Torah law for me, and yeah. if I fail, I have in fact sinned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think maybe we the way to characterize this is not that we're making vows to abstain. Mm -hmm. um, we are simply recognizing that this activity may be permissible, but for me, it's not profitable. And, so and it may I'm only be to, now. What's, what's it, that? It may only be now. Right. It, yeah. it, may, be, it may be profitable for me some other later, time. But today it's not profitable. Right. So I recognize that, and Hashem, with your help, I'm going to try to distance from yeah, that. Yeah. Right? I think that's a, I'm not that's a healthy, healthy that I way to do, do it. or not do anything. Yeah, I think it would be a mistake to take his opening discussion of the Nazir and take it right. as this is the play for the rest of us for the right. rest of the time. Good point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good point. Although I, in some cases, rare cases, it the vow is a powerful tool. Yeah. Because sure. the I'll try not to do this for the help of Hashem. Yeah. you still can convince yourself to do it. Um, my, of course, my, it, you need to be extremely careful. Yeah. My only point is, let's not hasten right. Yeah, right. to make vows where we legally bind ourselves before right. God. It's super dangerous. That is. You, yeah, not that vows are 
certainly there are times where a vow is appropriate. Mm -hmm. you know, for example, two I mean, weeks ago, yeah, I mean, you've you've entered a covenant, right? <laughs> um, that is a good vow that you know you guys can point. So, yeah, good comment. Last comment is kind of like a comment slash question thing. How do you guys not get um, discouraged, but just have bad feelings when, for example, I struggle with something, um, someone else doesn't. So what they do, but let's just take the example of like video games or sports or the the time thing, right? So for they can watch all the football all they want, play all the Xbox they want, and they can still be productive, still get stuff done. But for me, knowing that those are limitations, in this example, that um, you know, that not to judge that person, not to feel like yeah, I'm struggling with something they're they're not even trying, so therefore I I must be struggling, you know, and, and building myself better. Uh, those thoughts that are, can be judgmental and, and lack, lack that big humility aspect. Does anyone else have those? Or is that just me? Were you going to answer, or did, were you admitting that you have those? Well, well don't look around. I have, I have some. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, this Jewish guy called me one time, and he was telling me about how everybody has their own uh, yeah. troubles, right? So he, he said that because I am returning to Torah, right. that my struggle might be not going to McDonald's. But since he's been observing all his life, he doesn't struggle with that at all. He doesn't care about going to McDonald's. He has a completely different struggle. And so it's like, you just gotta get out of your own head. Like, you have to struggle with McDonald's. I have to struggle with not doing this or whatever, you know? And so it's just like, everyone has the exact same struggle as you. It's just a different object, you know? Everyone's fighting just as hard as you. They're just all taking some other battle. So it's not, it's not a huge deal to just forget about it. I guess um, mine. I guess it's it's not about like sports or anything. It's it was this particular field I'm in right now. Um, before this, you know, I was like a warehouse kitchen guy, right. you know, and uh, I moved into um, I'm I'm a vet technician, and so learning this, you know, I'm I'm, I'm pulling blood from a cat's jugular vein, which is like you know a few inches thicker than a fishing thread, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. With a 3ml syringe. And I'm, I'm watching these guys, boom, boom, wow, you know, just doing it. I'm like, man, really, wow. <laughs> you know, I've been cooking for like 16 years. <laughs> I can do that, but wow. Look how the cat has, you know, you know, the patience of a cat is, you know. I don't know if you guys ever dealt with the cat, but wow, man. Right, but anyway, watching these guys do it, and I'm sitting there like, I'm gonna have to make this decision and make this a career that my family can survive on. You know, if I'm not successful at this, if I can't do that, right, I'm not gonna be able to provide for my family if I choose to make this my career. And so, I found myself. You know, like, man, if I can't do it, like this guy is training me right now. I mean, his family grew up doing it, you know, 16, 17 years, his whole life, you know, he did it. And there was, uh, I guess it took about a year 
before I stopped focusing on what they were doing, what they were able to do, and focus more on, I'm going to take it one step at a time. Today I'm going to do catheters. This day I'm going to do uh, jugular veins. I'm going to let them know what my limitations are. Hey man, you know, I'll let you pull from the cat, I'll hold, right, <laughs> until I feel comfortable to do it. And rather than, um, you know, it, it just became a point where I was, I wasn't judging myself by um, not being able to do what he could do. Um, it was more on, let me just do what I know that I can do. And, and just got a little better. There's still some things I have to work on, but, um, you know, praises, praises to the most high, man, to be able to succeed in the field now where in the beginning I was afraid that I would even be able to to uh, run with the with, with these guys you know and it uh and that is how I kind of worked it out is not judging myself by what they could do you know so. uh, there's two other uh, thoughts that I wanted to share to encourage you in that respect um, after we did um, this gentleman's father's uh, uh, study on First John, um, letting me know that everything is a process. You know, just taking our different steps, and he refers to us. You know, whether it's literally as you infants and you children, you young men, you men, um, it, whether it's physically or spiritually, it it's it's a process, yeah. and so um, that's always been encouraging to me ever since we did that but the second point is how do you feel um just something close to you how do you, you said that you meet guys who grew up in the like even the conservative synagogue who you're like oh, these guys can, can out dive me they can out camp me and stuff like that mm. so how, how does that but if you, if you look at how far you've come and now how you're doing all your prayers in Hebrew and, um, you know, look at where you started and look at where you are now. Are you trying? Obviously, that's the case. Keep trying. There will be setbacks. There will be downfalls. There will be obstacles. But just keep pushing. I, I remember uh, when we started, I think this class early on was how we look to another man, you know, if he's, if he's poor, he's more holy. If he's this, he's that. And it's just that approach with other men get credit automatically. And it doesn't matter where they end up, truly, because they're not my three foot. Um, but but that, that uh, approach will affect how I interact and, and um, measure myself. So it's a, they're outside your hoop skirt. <laughs> yeah, you are, you are certainly in good company because I, I feel that way Amen. all the time. And, but one of the things that I, and I don't do it as often as would be helpful, but the, the things that help me the most through that is to just like remind myself of kind of like our marriage class that it's like it's my fault. Like never to try to assign the blame for a struggle to like your father, your grandfather. Like don't even think that. Think Certainly like, not your father. I am making this choice every time I make this choice. So if you're an alcoholic, it's because you've chosen 
you've made a bunch of choices that led you to become an alcoholic. And when you blame it all on yourself, then it almost inspires you instead of discourages you because then you're like, well, if I made those choices, I could have made different ones, and I can right now. Mm-hmm. And that has that has been kind of helpful for me is if I think to myself, well, it's just me to blame, then mm-hmm. let me ask Hashem to help me because I know this is tough. Like, it's tougher than it is for other people, but maybe I'll ask them because I know I've asked Pete some things and just hearing from someone that doesn't necessarily struggle with something, like a rational argument for why they don't, it can can really do wonders to your own mind to be like, oh man, that makes so much sense. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to really remind myself of that the next time this comes up, you know, so that has helped. Amen. Uh, I, I guess the one, the one thing that Ron Call talks about, you know, when he talks about how do you um, create the distance from these different things that may be permissible but aren't profitable, you know, and he said, you know, he talks about how you have to meditate on the reasons that it's unprofitable, you know, and um, you have to convince yourself that they are worthy, right? You know, and because I think. I think the meditation of the unprofitable nature of those activities, if you meditate on that long enough, that's what ultimately brings conviction um, to you, right? Because there's preferences, right? I mean, you know, lots of people have a preference to eat healthy and go to the gym regularly. But very few of us are convicted about it, right? But so it's it's kind of moving from a preference to a conviction that empowers you. And it, the thing that jumped out at me when I read this was, ah, it's the meditation yeah. that moves you from pre- from preference to conviction. Yeah. You got to believe. I got a lot more meditation. I got. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, like every every book nowadays from these. From these rabbis, it's just always like this single theme of well, slow down. Mm. Like take five minutes a day just to think about this mm. or to think about this because nobody thinks anymore. Yeah, they just go through their whole life and it's like, yeah, and nobody's quiet. But if you just were supposed to like think about like being at Mount Sinai, yeah, and then just for five minutes a day, yeah, you know, or to think about what's the ramifications of this action really. Yeah. Then you you develop it. The Tanya is all about letting me just stop and think about how much Hashem loves me, and that will actually create feelings of love for Hashem inside me. Like that's how the main way of creating love for Hashem is just to think about how much He loves me. But nobody stops and thinks, right. so nobody feels it. Right. Did you bring the book? Yes, I did. Yeah, good. Uh, if if I may share my thoughts on your terrible shortcoming. Um, I, I think uh, I think Gary put it well. I mean, it's, you know, everybody, everybody thinks that. Um, in my life, the way I've chosen to deal with that, gosh, he knows more scripture than I do. Gosh, I mean, look at, I mean, you know, the constant comparison stuff. Um, 
has has been a a very very long term practice of pouring my life out into other men because when you get close to somebody you realize they're not quite as holy and wonderful as they appear to be it turns out they're just regular guys with the same struggles that you have um, but in the process you gain a friend mm-hmm. you, you gain somebody else to walk along the path with and it turns out that you end up being an encouragement to them and they share that and, and then you share that well you've been an encouragement to me and all of a sudden, the whole comparison thing has gone away. Well, um, that has worked well in my life. Um, and you guys are sitting in my living room, not by accident, but by design, uh, so that I don't have to worry about whether or not you can do your prayers in Hebrew, and I can't yet. You are an, ex- an exceptional example to me that if I put my mind to it, scratch that, when I put my mind to it, I'll be able to do all the prayers in Hebrew. I am doing one of them now. And I don't know who was it you were causing. Did you notice that I was the last guy standing for the Yamida? Did you think that because I don't know the prayers? Because he's more pious. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because they're more pious. No, it's because this Shmo wants to do at least one of them in Hebrew. Oh, boy. Little by little. Little by little. Let me pray for you, gentlemen. May each of you taste the sweetness of the world to come in this life, no doubt by following this stuff. May you see your children's children come to faith. May your end be with the life of the world to come, and your deeds affect the hope of many generations. May your heart ponder and achieve understanding of Torah. May your mouth speak wisdom to everyone you meet, and may your tongue bring forth song as you praise the Holy One, blessed is He. May you have the self-control to look straight before you, but only for Amot. May your eyes be enlightened by the light of Torah. May your face shine like the brightness of the sky. May your lips utter knowledge, your heart rejoice in righteousness, and your feet run to hear the words of the Ancient of Days. Amen. God bless you, man. Hey, one quick thing. Um, 